This is Dream Chasers, episode 46, with Brian Noller. Hey guys, what's going on? I'm Adam Carswell, and welcome to Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. On Dream Chasers, we interview individuals with supernatural amounts of potential based on early success in their careers. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's get straight to the interview. Hey guys, this is Adam Carswell, and today I'm joined by Brian Noller. Brian is the vice president of Chicago Hope Homes. He's originally from Russell, Kansas. He went to Sterling College in Sterling, Kansas, and now Brian lives on the west side of Chicago. Brian, thank you for joining us on the show, and do you have any opening remarks for our listeners? Thanks, Adam. Really looking forward to uh, just going through this whole process with you. Uh, hopefully, I can give some advice to those of you guys that are listening, and, and hopefully, you can become inspired to uh, become your best selves as well. Definitely. I think that's, def- that's definitely what's going to happen on this call. So glad our heads are in the same spot. Guys, I first discovered Brian through my business partner, Michael Flight, who's the owner of Concordia Realty, a Chicago-based real estate firm as well. Michael's always looking out for me as, as someone that I work closely with on a daily basis. And he's like, hey, Adam, this guy right here, got to bring him on your show. He's special. I guess I'm kind of setting the bar a little high for you now, Brian, but I'm sure you're going to crush it. So, uh, yeah. Let me lower it for your listeners. Just let's, let's lower it down a couple steps and then we'll go from there. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been, been working with Chicago Hope Homes? Uh, yeah, so I, I first came along, you know, the bigger, the parent organization of the whole thing is Chicago Hope Academy, which is a uh, private school on the west side of Chicago that works with low-income students to give them a private education. So with that, there is a, a pretty big deficit that, that is created there just because the tuition does not even get close to covering the cost of the school and the, all the expenses. Mm-hmm. So when I came on initially, I was working on the school side, kind of doing some of the, I was a finance manager there, you know, kind of balancing the books and things like that. And we, we had talked at that time about, uh, you know, kind of working through this real estate program, uh, trying to build some revenue for the school that we could actually go out and earn ourselves rather than just asking for donations. So that was about five years ago that I went on full time with the real estate side, which is Chicago Hope Homes. Since that time, it's been uh, quite a journey. But yeah, it's been about five years now. Cool. And I think there's some, some history in Chicago Hope Homes tied to the movie Hardball. Am I accurate in, in assuming that? Yeah, yeah. So, so Chicago Hope Academy uh, started by a guy named Bob Muzikowski. Bob Muzikowski was uh, way back when started a, a little league program. He moved from New York to Chicago, had a business downtown, um, selling life insurance, things like that, different, different benefits packages, sold half his business to start the school as a way to help with the kids. He saw that there was this big difference. These kids that were in the little league programs, after they went from the little league to the high school level, you know, there was a couple of their kids that got killed. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Hardball, but uh, you know, G Baby, that, like that's based on a real story. That's based on, you know, Bob Muzikowski's life with the little league program. So he really saw a, a need at the high school level for consistent mentorship, not just three days a week at practice, just daily day-to-day stuff. And, and so that's how the school actually was started. So he, he fundraised a bunch of the money uh, with him, both his money and then some of his close friends. And yeah, that, that was about 12, 13 years ago now. And uh, we're still open. So what a miracle. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. All right. We're going to step into the next level chamber now.
Brian, when did you realize this was something that you wanted to take to the next level? I, it's, it's hard to say that there was an exact moment. I, I gotta be honest with you, you know, growing up, I think you had mentioned that I would grew up in Kansas. It's a very blue collar area, you know, all through high school, college, all those different times there were, you know, over the summers I was working construction, working on homes, rehabbing homes. And, uh, it was always a dream of mine. I went to college for education. And one of the reasons I went into education was that I would have the summers off and I could actually flip a home in the summers. So it's kind of always this thing that that was a part of kind of my DNA and who I was mm -hmm. then seeing an opportunity to do it for a philanthropic need and, and to help people with it, with my work. I, I mean, it was when I was able to get into that position, I mean, it was almost immediately like, this is exactly what I want to do. What was your background in, in college? Uh, education mathematics. So, okay. so that doesn't um, really co correlate with, with construction or real <laughs> estate. So I'm curious where the connection happened there as well. It's, it's funny. I went to college because, you know, most kids at the high school level, at least, where, at least where I'm from, viewed that if you work really hard, the whole ultimate goal is to go to college. You know, knowing what I know now and the benefits of trade schools and different things like that and how much work is available, I probably, if I could go back, I probably would have went that direction. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I saw the only way out of poverty, the only way out of this small town life that I lived was to go to college. And so when I had to study something, I was like, well, I guess I'm pretty good at math. So I uh, <laughs> started, started with, with math education. I was like, I'll be a teacher and a coach. And that was kind of where the whole thing started. But construction was really always my passion. Even, even through that time, you know, I, I always had dreams over the summers of, of, like I said, flipping a house over the summer and, and kind of doing that as a way to help, you know, a poor teacher's salary. <laughs> yeah. yeah and math, math, so. that's, I mean, that's a valuable skill. And I know for me, as soon as I could opt out of taking math courses in, in college or high school, whenever it was, I, I was always like, okay, I'm done with math. I mean, obviously, you know, math is very important and it's something that now that I've gotten into the professional world, I'm like, wow, you know, anyone that's got a math background, they're probably smarter than me. So kudos to you <laughs> on that. And, and what, what else was just running through my head? Oh, I mean, construction. So, I mean, you, you really have to be pretty good with your numbers, right? You don't want to get the four by four in the wrong place or something like that. Yeah, yeah, you're and you're right, but I'll, I'll say this: there, there's definitely when you when you take college math, it's a whole different it's a whole different level. I mean, I joke around about it sometimes, but I, I really don't know how I graduated with the math degree. I mean, I I don't really know what I learned. If I'm gonna if I'm just being 100 percent honest, it's a uh, you know what you do on a day to day basis. You know the basic math that you do at the work sites and stuff. It's definitely not anything to the level of some of that stuff I was learning in college. That's more for like architects and stuff. So. Right. Um, but yeah, I got through, you know, you know, here, here's a good, here's a good lesson for you too. This, this is what I always tell our, all of our kids. If you want to be, if you want to be successful in, in the college world, you got to go to the classes that nobody else is in. There was not very many math, kids in the math classes in the advanced math classes. So I thought, well, that's something unique that not everybody has. So it's, it's something that's valuable. And, and I tell that to the kids all the time, you know, as, as much as everybody wants to get into business and be entrepreneurs, how many people go to college for a business degree? you know, you don't really separate yourself by doing what everybody else does. So that's kind of what I thought. I was like, Hey, there's like two kids in this advanced math class. I might as well take it. Might you as know? well be the third. Might as well be the third. You know? so, <laughs> yeah. Nice. yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. And I think that's transparent across all industries and all, all walks of life. If you're, if you're doing the thing that less people are doing, if you're taking the path less traveled, it's really going to benefit you more in the long run. Absolutely. What would you say are some of the, some of the downsides to, uh, doing the work that you do? And then what are some of the positives? 
you know, I can start, I can start really with the, with the positives. Um, first I'm, I'm really lucky to have a supportive team, the people that are around me, um, the people I work with, work under, work for, and also work under me are all very supportive in trying new things. And I think the, the world of real estate as a whole and construction, there's, there's no limits in what you can really explore and do. I mean, whether it's, you know, hey, we typically do single family, smaller projects, but now we want to take on a really big commercial project. There's a capacity to do that. Um, so the dynamics are always changing, which is, to me, just an incredible blessing to do something different every single day and, and have something that you're always growing towards and, and learning towards. That, that definitely has got to be a strength. And I'll say, I'll say along with that, it, it really comes to the weakness too, because you always have to be zoned in. I mean, I can't tell you, we've let the gas off of a project a time or two. And, and next thing you know, you know, one or two mistakes. And, it, and it, it really is like a big thing. You know, you watch like these flipping shows. People think it's really easy to flip homes, but it's, uh, it takes an incredible amount of skill and timing and sometimes, quite frankly, luck, you know, just getting things out at the right time and, you know, the right buyer comes along or wh- whatever the case might be. A lot of that stuff's out of your control. You know, it's, it's the strength and the weakness of it that you can't re- always path out exactly what it's going to be. You know, I wish it was a little bit more consistent, if you, if you will. So mm-hmm. I'm curious because Chicago Hope Homes is, correct me if I'm wrong, is a non nonprofit. And so what are what do your goals look like internally compared to a for-profit business? Like, are you guys still trying to hit X amount of dollars in, in, in revenue? Or are you guys focused on the amount of homes? Are you just focused on quality in general? What, what does that look like? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. Uh, it's funny. You actually had, you had a guest a while back on your podcast, Ellis Hammond. Yeah. Um, yep. Very, very similar. I think we're just kind of a couple steps ahead of them in terms of what we've done. Uh, that's that was us kind of four or five years ago trying to bootstart this whole thing. You know, trying to trying to build the whole thing up. You know, we're we're a little bit further than than where he was. So I I don't know if he's listening to this. I I hope he uh, continues oh, he, to work through. He's gonna hear yeah. this one <laughs> for sure. But uh, it's kind of I really enjoyed listening to him because I could remember a lot of those growing pains and and you know just a lot of you know knocking on doors and and trying to get the whole thing. You know, we've gotten to a point now where we have uh, a pretty large amount of money that's been invested with us through different philanthropic giving and through, uh, you know, people that have partnered with us to, to say, we, we don't just want to give money to you to, to pay your payroll. We'd like to give money that can continually give. And, and that's what we've been able to do. People that come and invest with us, they can invest some money. We use it, grow it through real estate. They can get their principal, principal back and we're, and we're earning that, all that interest money. So it's really a unique way of fundraising for us. It's a way to go to, you know, different organizations or entities that, you know, don't, don't just want to give a one-time gift. They want to give a gift that, you know, can grow and build and, and grow as our organization grows. And so when it comes to our goals and, and things like that, we really, Chicago Hope Homes really orchestrates very much like a for-profit. We, the only thing that really ties us to the nonprofit is that our profits go to, to fund the school. But in terms of our daily goals and in terms of our projects, you know, we're looking for stuff that we can make money on. We're looking to generate as much money as possible. You know, we'd like to, we'd like to get to the point where we're doing 2 million a year in profits that we can give to the school and the school can be completely funded by what we're doing. You know, at the medium moment, we're really, we're trying to flip and generate as much revenue as possible through that. And also we're doing general contracting services, building new construction homes, both for ourselves and for other people. 
and all that money that we're generating, we're trying to, you know, store up as much as we can give to the school as much as we can. And then ultimately try to create a, a long-term uh, rental prof- rental portfolio that can uh, sustain us that we don't have to work, you know, as hard for in five to 10 years, you know? So that's, we, we do kind of have an end goal in mind, you know, five to 10 years from now, we want to have enough capital that we can purchase a lot of rental portfolio, you know, multi-unit buildings, big 60 unit type uh, buildings that can generate profit that, that, you know, we can kind of let the, take the, take the foot off the gas, if you will, and have a long-term um, income source for the school. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And to me, it sounds like you're doing what, uh, what our brother uh, Ellis shared on his interview, which was be inv- evangelistic about your approach. Let people know what your end goal is, where you're going, what you want to do, what you want to accomplish. So I guess I want to turn it back to you again real quick and just say, you know, if out of this entire interview, this question right here or this moment right here, give me your evangelistic pitch. What is it that you want the world to know? I would say it's, it's different. It's different for, for different people. I would, I would say for, for organizations, especially nonprofit organizations, we have to, we have to, as collectively as a, as a church or as a nonprofit organization or school or whatever it is, we have to be creative with how we, you know, shepherd our resources and, and how we grow our resources. You know, we can't just expect people to give towards something that, you know, we're not working towards, right? You know, we, we, we have a saying around uh, our school, the harder we work, the luckier we get. And it, and it just tends to be true. You know, we keep, we keep working and working and working and people kind of recognize that. And, and as long as you guys are also working in those capacities, you know, the, the partnership between the nonprofit world and the for-profit world should be a lot closer. You know, it shouldn't just, it shouldn't just be a, a once a year check. Like it should be, it should be a partnership that we can combine our resources and share in profits together. So that's, that's kind of what I would pitch to the nonprofit world to, to, you know, uh, kind of the entrepreneurs and the people that are earning revenue and uh, doing really well for themselves. Look for those ways to partner. You know, don't think that your only gift is is a check. Like there's there's so much experience that we have. I, I, I look at, you know, my church on a Sunday afternoon and there's so much experience in that room, in the, in the church room that it's like, if these people could combine their skills and combine their resources and their assets, like they could really actually change the world. They could really actually do big incredible things, but we just limit it to, Hey, I need a check because we're doing this. We're going on a mission trip. So we need a check for this. You know, it's just, it's so like limited compared to what we could actually really accomplish if we would work together and use our skills together. Great. So yeah, if we have any entrepreneurs or business owners listening that are looking for a great nonprofit to partner with, I think, I think we've got a hot lead right here. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. We'd love to have those conversations. Where do you see, well, you, you did mention this um, earlier, so I, I guess I should have asked this question. Where do you see yourself? Where do you see Brian Noller in three years? Uh, that's a good question. I'm, I've been really focused on uh, being a great general contractor over the last couple of years. Uh, you know, we did, we did flips only for a long time. Um, but, we, you know, that was when we first started. It's 2010, 2011. Prices were, as everybody knows, prices were at a really low price point and um, the flips were really nice. That kind of that market's tightening up now. So, you know, we're, we're trying to expand what we're doing, opening ourselves up to doing a lot more general contracting. Um, so I would say my goal right now is just to become the best general contractors I can. Um, learning, learning all the ins and outs of, you know, managing people and, and which is a whole uh, new experience. But, um, 
yeah, just, just learning how to do that effectively and, and cost effectively. And, uh, you know, from a time standpoint, like how many projects can we take on? How many, you know, uh, those are all the things that I'm really, uh, working on. I've in three, in three, three years, I'd love to see myself accomplishing a lot of those things and being really comfortable in that trade, being really comfortable with, with that skill, if you will. Cool. Any, uh, any physical aspirations? Like, are you trying to run a marathon or do a, how, what's it called? A Spartan or tough mutter, anything like that? <laughs> well, you'll find, you'll find, uh, I'm actually on a competitive flag football team, adult flag football team. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so I train, I train for that in my spare time. Oh, wow. And, so it's uh, like competitive, competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you, you go said, to you, you said you train everything. for it. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 We go to nationals and, uh, wow. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the only I'm the only white guy on my team, so they call me the Water Boy because there's no other there's no other like famous white football players besides the Water Boy, I guess. So <laughs> and Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know I can't throw the ball. I can't throw the ball, you know. At this level, Tom Brady doesn't even count as white. He's just invincible. Yeah, go. Just yeah, different. But, but what what position are you playing there on the team? I play uh, rush defensive end. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if you're playing that specific of a role, then it is pretty competitive. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of fun, but we, we actually, uh, you know, it's, it's full contact outside of tackle. So like blocks are all live. Wow. Everything, everything's live except for on the ball carrier. You just take his flags on the ball carrier. It's pretty physical. Do you have any footage or anything online? I'm kind of curious. I want to see what this looks like. Yeah. Yeah. We're the league that I'm in is the uh, revolution flag football league in Chicago. You can, you can go to their Facebook page and they upload some stuff. Okay. You guys heard it. I don't have any highlights or anything. But. <laughs> the Brian Noller, the Brian Noller highlights. You can ask about me though. People know me. Waterboy. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, what Brian, what industry leaders are you inspired by? And then I also want to say what other nonprofits would you say Chicago hope homes are inspired by? Yeah. So there's, there's actually a number in, I would say mostly local, um, been pretty privileged to, uh, be pretty connected with some different nonprofits, you know, in, in, when I first moved here, I was connected with a number of other ones like, uh, the Lawndale community, uh, church. Um, they, they, you know, kind of from within what they did, they started like a health center and, you know, that generates money for the whole operations. And they have, they have like 12 different, uh, different organizations that all provide services and resources and, you know, runs pretty like, like a business, you know, the, the, the health health department funds the coffee shop and the health center. And, you know, it, it's a pretty, pretty incredible what they've accomplished there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's a number of those other organizations. I, I just get really inspired when, when nonprofits can, you know, learn to generate their own funds and, and learn to, uh, you know, run those businesses and partner with people rather than just receive uh, gifts. So there's a number of other organizations in Chicago that kind of inspire me that way. But um, from the, from the business side, I would say locally too, uh, close, close friend of mine and has been like a mentor to me, Gino Battaglia, you know, he does, he does a lot of financing work and, and, you know, owns a bunch of real estate in Chicago. Um, he's been an absolute inspiration to me, very generous with his time and his money and his resources. And I want to give, I, I, I go you, to him. Yeah. Give you a quick moment to give a, a direct kudos to Gino. If he, if he's going to listen to this and, and he's listening right now, what's your message to him? 
Yeah, no, Gino, appreciate you, man. Uh, just everything that, that you've been able to do for me and, and helping with, with the kids at the school and, you know, giving me, telling me your story on how you made it into real estate. And, then, uh, you know, it's just been cool to get to know you and your wife over the past, uh, you know, four years. Big kudos to you, buddy. Powerful. Brian. Yeah. If there's, if we've got, for example, we got a little, little Brian Noller, 10 years old at home right now, listening to this podcast and you wanted to give, <laughs> you wanted to give him some advice on you know, what to do moving forward with life. Can you give an example to, to him of something that you wish maybe you would have done differently looking back? Oh man, <laughs> I wasn't a good kid, man. You can't ask me that question. I, I'd have to tell my, I'd have to tell myself to like 10 year old Brian would, <laughs> he wouldn't be listening no. to this in the first place. No, but 10 year old Brian would not be listening to this. I was a bad kid, man. <laughs> you can ask my mom. I was a bad kid. I tell, I tell him to, you know, listen to your mom and shut up. You know, that's a, <laughs> that's a yeah, that, that's a, that's a almost impossible question to answer. Uh, but I think I think for all the young guys, I think for all the young guys out there, you have to find something that you're you're good at and something that you have a passion towards, and really craft it into a skill that you have that nobody else does. Even even for me back then, there were things that I was good at, and the school system might not always say, "Hey, that's a a skill that you need to have." Like you know, I was loud and obnoxious, and and uh, you know, teachers would say, "Oh, that's you know, you have to stop being like that." Well, that's what my skill was, right? And I just had to learn how to adapt that skill to make it a, a, a strength. And I think for, for all young kids, you know, you have to find what you, what you actually have. What, what is your personality? What is your skills? What is your giftings? And uh, really refine around it. And it doesn't really matter what, you know, the school systems or, or your bosses or anything. Think about that. You, you know, you have to, that's your strength. That's your skill. Absolutely. All right. We got three fun questions here to close this one out. The first one is what is your favorite cereal? Second question is what is your favorite part about Kansas? And number three is what is your favorite project so far working with Chicago Hope Homes? All right, let's get into this one. Raisin Bran, that one's easy. Okay. That one's easy. Uh, second one was, what was the second one again? Fa favorite part favorite about part your about home Kansas. state, Kansas, yep. Yeah, the queen of the Kansas Plains. Let's see. There, there's so many good parts about Kansas. I'd have to say, you know, sitting sitting in the back of your truck, looking at a uh, looking at a sunrise with with not a person or a sound in sight, and drinking a cold beer. There's not a, a an experience like that anywhere else. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah that, it's that just sounds... a unique. <laughs> I can like feel it right now as you're saying it. <laughs> I know, I know. It's a unique experience, man. And I'll tell you what, I didn't appreciate it enough when I lived there. Anytime I get to go back, which is actually not very often, but anytime I do get to go back and I, I get to do that, it's, it's, it's just a really awesome time. And then uh, the final question is actually really easy too. We, we did a property that's it's actually under contract right now. Um, so if you guys go on our website, chicagohopehomes.com, you can see uh, some of the projects. But uh, we did a property down on the south side in a, a historically black neighborhood. It used to be called the Metropolis. It was, it was like one of the most prestigious like black communities back in, you know, 1940s, 1950s. Wow. Yeah. And, and it's a, an old mansion, a Greystone mansion it had 6,700 square feet. We put a, we put an elevator in it, you know, seven bedroom or seven bedrooms, five baths. I mean, it was just absolutely incredible. The master suite alone was like, I think 900 square feet, something crazy like that. I mean, it, it was an absolute blast to do. And, uh, sounds beautiful. You said it's yeah. on the website. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, cool. it's on the website. It's a, it's under contract right now. You're going to be pulling down a, a, the top comp in that neighborhood. It should it should help development after us. There's a lot of people that bought up a lot of land around us when we when we started working on it. So yeah, cool. And so you said uh, Chicago Hope Homes is a good way to to follow up and maybe get in contact with the organization. Are there any other ways anyone listening can get in touch with you? Yeah, I'm on uh, Facebook. Feel free to add me there, Brian Noller. Let's see. The website's a great. If you if you're looking for my email, just go to the contact me page on our website. Would love to be in, in touch with you guys, especially if you have any questions or you want to know how you can get involved with different things. I, I've I've actually worked, did some consulting for a couple small nonprofits that were looking to do the exact same thing. Schools uh, in different areas and and other nonprofits that are looking to you know, try to generate some revenue for their business. I'm happy to bounce ideas with you. Um, real, real estate or not pretty passionate about it. Love to be of any help I can to anybody out there. Perfect. Brian, thanks again for coming on the show. This has been a great interview. Really looking forward to, to getting it out there. Yeah. Appreciate you, man. We'll talk soon. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning into dream chasers interviews with the future. We had Brian Noller here today of Chicago hope homes with us. We'll catch you in the next episode. And remember, in all you think, say, and do, take it to the next level.